Preseason rankings are out, and it's as if nothing has changed. Clemson back to being on top, but there are a few people that have a difference of opinion. We've got AJ Black here. I'm wondering if he was the one guy who voted for Georgia Tech to win the whole kit and caboodle. Let's talk to him on today's show. On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by AJ Black of Locked On Boston College. And we are pretty much going back to pre-pandemic vibes where Clemson was the best team in the ACC and it was everybody else. And now it just feels like more of the same. We've had that preseason rankings just drop. The media voted on who they felt like was going to win the entire conference. They also broke down the Atlantic and Coastal Division champions. So we're going to have that conversation here on today's show. AJ, thanks so much for joining and taking the time out of your very busy schedule. Did I lose you already? Hey, sorry. I have myself on mute. Uh, I was going to say, I am, I'm excited to talk about, it feels like college football is back. I think of the ACC from my perspective, from the media fan perspective yeah like the media kickoff is like the big opening for college football and we're, we're we hit it is right around the corner and we, we get things started yeah and just for someone you know, if any missed hc media days i saw some great articles you put out around boston college and things that they would say especially around zay flowers and being a company man and deciding to stick with bc it's very rare these days that you see a player say listen i'm loyal to the soil i'm staying at the school that you know brought me in and all of that good stuff but it was a fresh change a fresh approach to the age that we're living in when it comes to college sports and I loved the way he and Halfley have brought up like what BC stands for. And this isn't in the BC podcast, but Halfley, I, I know you were there. You heard him say it like there's like he doesn't he feels it's a disservice if he's not talking to the kids about life past football, because how many kids actually get into football? He wants to get the kids prepared for you know, internships and post career work and all that kind of stuff. And Zay, Zay, I think kind of mimics all that stuff. That's what he's talking about when he says, you know, I could go get those six figures somewhere else, but my Boston college degree is much more valuable to me because I can, I can put that out there more. Um, So that's just a little side note, but I felt like both of those guys did such a great job of kind of um, exemplifying what they're trying to do at Boston college. Yeah, and I think leaving a legacy is always important. I felt I thought it was very interesting. Got to ask Coach Halfley myself about the not the need to feel any pressure going into year three, assuming that all things are going to go in according to plan. Nobody's going to get majorly injured, and we'll just roll. And I it's my second year going to AC Media Day, and just hearing him talk about all the adversity that you know Boston College had to overcome in his first two years. Hopefully, the tide and the ship will run right. And you know, of course, there's someone here that feels like AC the ACC champs could be Boston. Boston College, and that's certainly the case for how this voting went. Boston College received one vote, so I'm here to say, AJ, if that was you, go ahead and reveal yourself. It's okay. It's a it's a safe space. (laughs) It's not me. Uh, I I would not have. I was not at ACC Media Days, and I would not have voted for Boston College. Um, I I would of course like I have to think like who would who would do that? Yeah, was it a mistake? Did they hit the wrong button? (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> you have an opportunity. Like, no offense though. to BC. I'm just like, yeah, no yeah, one has health. Like, no, no one respects gonna, them, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, you have an opportunity to see and click the link, and they're like, hey, just so you know, make sure you review because once you click, this is your list and you can't go back and change. So, of course, mm-hmm. you have to do a once over, but we all know we live in days and age. You click so fast that you just kind of get this bad boy rolling. But as we're looking through this list, Clemson outright favorite of 103 votes for overall champion. Then you had NC State with 38. Miami with eight, Wake Forest with four, Pitt with three, Virginia with three, Florida State with two, North Carolina with two, and Boston College with one. So I found it very interesting how we've all been talking about everything being shaken up this year for the ACC. It's anybody's game. And when it all boiled down to it, we're just right back to where we started, where Clemson's dominating. Yeah, I mean, I was just brought, I just brought it up on Locked on BC last night that Clemson has one they have a chance to put on one of the best defenses in the country the best like they their offense the defensive line could be scary this year yeah and i think for them and, and the big question is going to be is how that offense figures out some things yeah um if they're going to be an elite or really good team because i still I, I i'm as i said when i was talking to Candace, i'm on the nc state train to win the, <laughs> the acc um, just the whole conference. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels like if I, 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 I caveated my, my, my point of view on this and said, you know, if Clemson can figure that offense out, if they can do that, I'm, I very much believe that the Tigers can do it. And it's, it, to me, it's all the quarterback play. If DJ can't do it, how quickly will double or things slip a little bit because NC state's going to be consistent all year long in my opinion. Yeah. Like hear me clear. I think that NC state has all the pieces to be successful. I personally picked them as the overall champion. It's high time. NC state has some good things happen to them. One number two, DJ. I don't know. I think you lose the weight. You get ready, get in the mindset. When I compare him to a Devin Leary, I'm going to pick Devin all day long. But more than that, when I look at how many uh, assistant coaches stayed for NC State because they have bought into what Dave Dorn is doing over there, and of course you have Tony Elliott and Brett Venables leaving for Clemson. As much as we'd say, you know, you know, you reload, you lose a coach, yep. that's just you go back to it. Like that's not going to be the case here. Like as much as I think Miles Murphy, KJ Henry, and all the rest of the guys are going to be ballers, I truly believe there is going to be a culture shift in that deep. Like I know Wes is going to be a great defensive coordinator. I'm not knocking it, but you're also trying to be thrown into something where you're supposed to be elite out the gate. Like you have no room to be sloppy. So for me, I'm just like the pressure is on Clemson. They love that. They thrive in that. And now, hey, Dabo, unfortunately, the love what you love to do in that whole underdog narrative isn't so. <laughs> Sucks for you, my guy. I don't know. I don't know how you're gonna talk to media now, you know? Like that's all yeah. you have for you. <laughs> yeah. I you brought up the, the coaching situation. Such a great point, Candace. And I yeah. totally agree with you. Like, I think that's that's something that I, I don't feel like people are, are giving enough credit to Yeah, like enough, en- enough, uh, you know, putting enough emphasis on that. That's a big change yeah. when you lose your coordinator on both sides of the ball. And it seemed to me, and just from a perspective of a, as an outsider, and I'm sure Dabo has said other things, it seemed to me that Venables was the defense. 
Like he ran the defense. And I know Tony Elliott, you know, with Jeff Scott for a couple of years before he left, mm-hmm. um, the offense probably would be okay, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you look at the, the defensive coaching changes and then you just look at that def- defense and go, who cares? You could yeah. find me up there as the defensive coordinator. And <laughs> when you get Miles Murphy up there, you're going to be fine. Right. Right. Um, but I, it's still, it's still worthy of, of questioning. Like, do you go with a team like Clemson that honestly has more question marks than NC State, in my opinion? As a you mentioned, the quarterback, percent. the coordinators, there's some question marks there. Yeah. Or do you go with the Wolfpack, the more consistent team that I feel is much more, you know, they're getting Peyton Wilson back. They're getting a good defense. They've got Devin Leary and some good weapons. Do you go with the NC State here? And and for me, I, I go with the consistency. I, I still think NC State is going to probably beat him again this year. Yeah, I I just don't see what you saw out of DJ to make you say, uh, he just had a rough shake. He's going to bounce it off and he's going to dominate. To me, when I looked at some of the games last season, I was like, yeah, he kind of is what he is. There's nothing to me that says, oh, he's getting the rust off. He'll figure out, he'll find his group. Were there flashes? Of course. But flashes don't win conferences, period. Mm -hmm. Like that just, that doesn't happen in a conference Mm -hmm. that has so many good quarterbacks you have to be consistent you have to make few errors like when you even talk about Sam Hartman and Devin Lear in the conversation doesn't even hold a candle DJ doesn't hold a candle to them and that's okay like I hate that I'm ripping on him because I really want him to be successful but in the place that he's at with the culture and the vibe that he has to, you know, play under as much as we might've wanted to blame Tony Elliott. He was not the problem. Brett Venables. We all know we've all seen that man on the sidelines. It's a different energy. He is, I don't know, very high stimulated, <laughs> like yeah. throughout the entire game. Like he brings a different force with him. And you're not about to sit here and tell me that those two coordinators coming in internal hires moving up are going to try and just change the, cause they're not going to try and change much. That's the biggest right. thing. They're wanting to try and implement a little bit of things that they want to do. Sure. You know, everybody got an ego. Everyone feels like they're the man. They could do it fine. But you also want to not reinvent the wheel too much with a program that has been consistently good. Maybe they needed a whole shakeup. Who knows? But at this point, all we're playing is the who knows game with them. But it's just so interesting that we're still high on the Clemson train when there's so many good ACC teams here. So many good ones. Right. Yeah. I mean, you said you said it all, Candace. Uh, and I mean, I, I think the biggest question heading into the season with Clemson, too, is did they make the right choice with coordinators? Is going yeah. internal the, the best thing to do or yeah. should they have gone and gotten some, you know, and, and infuse some fresh blood into the program to kind of not shake things up, but to, to look at things differently? A thousand percent. Um, and you know, there's arguments for both, but we'll have to kind of wait and see how they come out of the gate. I mean, they get Georgia tech to start the season. So I think that's going to be an e- a nice way to tune up. And I mean, no offense to the yellow jackets, I'm just saying, you know, I think that's a good way for them to kind of get an ACC opponent, see where they're at, see how DJ's playing, see how the coordinators are looking and, and get things rolling. Well, listen, if one person thought that Georgia tech was going to win the coastal. So I want to talk to that person to see where they put their money on this season. Cause I truly believe it's going to be insane. And speaking of betting, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite games going into this college football season. We know you can pick all the odds lines and games that you want by going to betonline.net. You can find reviews and news of every single league, including major league baseball, college football, NFL, NBA, and much more. 
BetOnline continues to be your number one resource for sports wagering information, including in-game betting scores and podcasts. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. BetOnline is where the game starts. So if you ask me to put my money on any team going to go ahead and do the whole damn thing, I certainly could have put it on Clemson. I put it on NC State, in fact, but I would have never put it on Georgia Tech to win the Coastal Division. So let's start with the Coastal conversation. First place votes. Man, I'm just going to sit here and say Georgia Tech receiving one. Duke receiving zero. I understand. I get it. Virginia Tech receiving three. Virginia receiving six, North Carolina receiving 18, Pitt receiving 38, and Miami receiving 98. Now, (laughs) while I am all for – I voted for Miami to win the Coastal because why not? Let's throw it out there. I think Mario Crystal Ball, from just listening to him, very no-nonsense discipline and structure are the key things that are happening right there down at Coastal uh, Coral Gables. But – Anybody's game. We all know that. Never goes how we say it's going to go in the right. Coastal. And from a media standpoint, from anybody's standpoint, because there's so many teams that either are all bad together that collectively they didn't have have it that day, or everyone's good and you're just vying for a spot clawing and chopping. Like when you look at this Coastal division, when you looked at what the uh, the rankings that came out, were there any surprises to you beyond Georgia Tech being in the board? Um, <laughs> any surprises in the Coastal? Virginia Tech getting three votes. I didn't. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it. Hey, I'm telling you what, they listened to coach pride at the end of that thing. And they were like, okay, oh, I'm bought in. Cause he was full of energy if nothing else. But yeah. I don't know who their quarterback is. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know where Virginia tech is going to be at this year. Yeah. I just know that I feel like Duke has a huge rebuild to do. Virginia tech. I still feel like has a, a solid rebuild to get their program under Brent for, uh, coach Pry. So yeah. I, that one surprised me. Um, I, I for me, it's basically to, honestly, from where I see it, it's a two horse race. I think of it as Pitt versus, versus Miami. Yeah. Uh, those, those are my two, uh, Virginia. They got to show me something on defense. I can't, I Brennan, Brennan Armstrong cannot throw for 60 touchdowns. <laughs> you know, 60 touchdowns next year to, to have them win a conference. I mean, That's the kid crazy. is good, but like they, you need some balance there and I haven't seen it there. Right. Yeah. That's one piece. And UNC Candace, we've gone over this over <laughs> and over again. I can't. <laughs> I want the 18 people to reveal themselves. Cause what the hell are you thinking? I actually had North Carolina finishing fourth. I had Virginia finishing ahead of North Carolina in the coastal division. Because again, you got to tell me who your quarterback is. If I'm talking about North Carolina versus Virginia, I have way more faith in Brennan Armstrong than I do yep. in Jacoby Crillswell and Dre make uh, yep. Yes. That's what it is. Drake may. There it is. <laughs> I also feel like, North Carolina always talks a big game, and I think Gene Chizik returning is cool, but I want to see it come to life under Mac Brown. So that's my biggest thing. And then I think sometimes Phil Longo with Sam with Sam Howell, I sometimes felt as if either you oversimplified it or you made it way too complicated when it didn't need to be. Now, did Sam put himself in a lot of bad positions sometimes? Absolutely. But I think you were trying to be too smart for your own good and not just do what this is basically a kid's game at the end of the day. So I'm happy that you're finally joining my team and understanding that you have to level set expectations for North Carolina football until it's time to be excited. It's just It won't be time to me until maybe November. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, if I had a vote, I would, I would have picked Miami as well. I think, yeah. you know, when you have all that excitement, as I said on my podcasts, you know, this is a team that it's, they've been waiting 15, 20 years for the U to be back. And how many, you know, there's been so many false starts. I believe this will be the year that, you know, you, as you said, crystal ball seems to have a good head on his shoulders, discipline. He's recruiting at a high level. They've brought in a ton of good transfers. I think with Tyler Van Dyke there, that that program is just, they're ready to get back. Yeah, I think from a wide receiver standpoint, that's the biggest question mark and the gap that they'll need to fill because, I mean, as sure as day is long, Tyler Van Dyke has a great arm, but who is he throwing to? So there's a lot of areas for the Hurricanes to step up. But again, Mario, way different energy than Manny. Like just off the gate, you could just tell someone who doesn't, who feels at ease, like he's at home in the sense of, yeah, my job's not on the line because I know I'm going to do what, damn it, what I need to do. I'm not with the shenanigans. Like I'm here to bring... I'm not even here to bring Miami back. I'm here to just let this Miami team be what it is currently, and I think they're going to ultimately be successful. Now, on the flip side of that, I think that Pat Narduzzi and Pitt are the most slept-on team. I now I do while Miami did beat Pitt last season. I mean, Pat has clearly, you know, come in flown under the radar last season they were begging for votes now you got people saying, "All right, let's get Pitt in this conversation. They could repeat." Sure, why not? Maybe so. I never, I'm never too high on Pitt, but I'm also like, don't sleep on them. You know what I mean? Now, now, did you get a chance? I didn't get to listen to the show this week. Did you get a chance to talk about his comments on Whipple? No, I didn't hear Trump. What? The, so, what? Mark Whipple, <laughs> we're talking about Narduzzi here. First and, of all, I watch enough Grey's Anatomy to where when you said a Whipple, I was like, who gets to do the Whipple on a surgery? So, anybody who watches the Grey's Anatomy, I'll ask my wife what that means. <laughs> that is <laughs> going to resonate. All the time and I'm like, I yes. know, like steamy and dreamy. <laughs> And I know that dude is a, a vet, I think. And... Yes. Oh, man. I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy's fan. But, yes, when you said Whipple, I was like, is there a surgery happening? Like, okay. But anyway. So, anyways, Pitt's, Pitt has a new offensive coordinator. Mark Whipple, who was a guy mm-hmm. from UMass from for many years, went to Pitt <laughs> about three years ago. Great offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and was part of the reason that Kenny Pickett had that resurgence. Well, Narduzzi ripped him during uh, ACC Media Day last week, uh, wow. saying that he didn't like his play calling. I, I, I was just shocked that he would do this, and yeah. he was he was very blunt about it. And it's incredible that du- Narduzzi would do this because, I mean, Pitt was off, a- averaging what like forty points a game last year, absolutely. And you're ripping your offensive coordinator for that. And he was saying because he didn't run the ball enough. It's like. Who cares? You scored right. 41 points a game. Right. So <laughs> Scott Frost, the Nebraska head coach today, who Mark Whipple ended up at Nebraska, mm-hmm. uh, was like, I don't care if he runs, punts, kicks for 40 <laughs> points a game. Bring right. him on. <laughs> right? Like, so N- Narduzzi surprises me sometimes because after last year, I was like, okay, maybe I was wrong on him. And then he says something like that. I'm like, nope, maybe he just ran into – he got – uh. You got a little lucky at one point. Yeah. See, the biggest thing that surprised me about him and his comments, well, not surprised me for obvious reasons, was Jordan Addison and like shading, throwing strays at the whole NIL conversation. And, you know, I think he, of course, is loyal to Pitt and all the good things that come from that organ or that program. And so it was just very apparent that he wasn't really messing with the new NIL style, the wild, wild west that is in terms of how we're structuring or no structure in NCAA when it comes 
comes to this bad boy. So there is that. We talked a lot about the Coastal here, but of course, it's always good to talk about the Atlantic Division because that's the one where it really is up for grabs in so many capacities because there's one person, again, who voted for Boston College. I'm not saying that that A.J. White was at the <laughs> ACC Media Days, but maybe your alter ego might have been there. Who knows? I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Yep. You know, <laughs> Florida State also got two votes. Shout out to the homie uh, Drizzy Drake who's on our Friday show. Drake, I'm sorry. It wasn't me who voted for Florida State either, but I also had this fun opportunity to be on a, a podcast called Listen Up to talk to some guys, some Florida State fans about about the way I see the program and they're fitting right how I voted right in terms of middle of the pack Louisville not getting a number one vote and yet still being ahead a cut above Florida State Wake Forest getting six votes for number one NC State getting 44 and then they had that Clemson nod of 111 so when you look at this it's pretty surprising to me I will say you know to you to you personally Boston College is so low on the list uh, yeah. I mean, looking from a media perspective, right? If we're going to talk Boston College, the last, I mean, you're going to, you're going to put a few things into to perspective and, and I don't blame anyone who does. First of all, the offensive line, five new offensive linemen is scary for anyone, right? Like that's, that's a big issue. Or look at last year's offensive line. I know they had a lot of returning starters. They didn't play all that well on the offensive line. Other than Zion Johnson, the pro football focus grades on all of the four guys were, were other than Christian Mahogany. So it's three of them were pretty poor. So BC isn't like starting from scratch per se. They're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach and guys that have been around the program. So I don't feel like all they have to do is be serviceable. They don't need to be, you know, the big bad right. BC offensive line. They just need to be serviceable because Phil Dracovic is going to be fine. He's going to shrug. She's going to shrug off defenders and do his thing. If they're serviceable, you have the third rank passing attack, uh, pass defense coming back. You have Zay Flowers, Jalen Gill, and a couple of really good wide receivers along with Phil Dracovic and a thousand yard rusher in Pat Garwo. And you're telling me they're going to be sixth? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I maybe, don't... They, maybe it's the assumption that Zay and Phil don't make it through a whole season. Who knows? I'm not saying it's, that it's will happen. The offensive line, I'm telling you. Yeah. Everyone's okay. stuck on the offensive line. Yeah. Which, um, you know, once you become a staple in something, if you have to reload, people are like, huh? Oh, like yeah. it might not be the same. So, I mean, that's a nod in some ways. And also, like, okay, I get it, but like, relax. Yeah. No. And I, 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 to as I started with this, I said, I totally get it. I just, I'm yeah. just, the way that I'm processing it in my brain. Like, especially giving what B who BC has to play, right? Cross conference, they, I mean, cross, cross divisions, they play Duke. They're going to beat Duke because they play them at home and Virginia and they get Virginia Tech early. So I think those are winnable games. They got Syracuse, who I, I'm not bought in on. And then who, you know, the rest of the conference. Again, you win three of those games, you're, you're, you know, five and three in the conference. That's not going to be sixth. Yeah. Um. So it, it's. I think BC is is better than what their conference ranking is. You know what, though, Candace. I've I've heard everyone say everything about this part of the division. I've heard. I was I was reading someone. I think Keith Wynn, who writes about Louisville, mm -hmm. making a case that Syracuse is low because their defense is going to get better. They got Sean Tucker. They and I totally. Dino Babers, to his credit, did a nice job redefining that program that they could be someone that jumps up or Louisville. I mean, it's anyone in this, in this division that could do it. 
Yeah, I think you can make your case for every single team in here, and that's why you. That's why you know the famous famous person once said, "That's why you play the game." Because right. at the end of the day, when you line up and you got to do all the things and you got to get out there, it doesn't matter what these rankings say because ultimately this is not going to be how it, it happens, and it's all said and done. I have never seen a perfect preseason prediction when it's all over. So you know, if anything, it's fuel for the guys at the bottom and is definitely a target for the guys at the top. To me, the Wake Forest-NC State-Clemson conversation is certainly one where if I'm Wake Forest, I'm pissed off because, hey, I just did this, right? I understand that Clemson didn't have full t- full of artillery last year, but hey, I still did what needed to be done. If I'm NC State, I'm saying, hey, I done beat that monkey off my back. Why are you not showing me the same regard? Like I've been in opportunities where I should have beat Clemson way more than I did, but I finally got over that hurdle and you're still saying I'm like a little brother? Okay, heard you. You know, so I hope that's motivation for these guys because I mean, hell, I would love an exciting season where we shake things up. I don't want it to be Clemson and not because I don't like Clemson, I know people are going to kill me, but I'm just like, I just like somebody. I like new people. Yep. And, and, you know, you brought up about last, you know, this year, it's never perfect. I just pulled it up while we're talking. I was like, where did people put Wake Forest last year? They like were low. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. low as hell. No first place votes. They were behind F- Florida State and BC who did not do well. And then the and then the Coastal, Pitt was fourth last yeah. year. So. I- I, you had told me Pitt and Wake Forest were going to be in the ACC champion game. I would have laughed you off the stage. Would have cut your yeah. mic off because, of <laughs> course, not. You know, but, but in this season, I'm hoping that it's a you know fully healthy for all of these teams. But hell, I mean, I'll say it three times over. NC State has all the pieces. The only thing getting in NC State's way will be NC State, and hopefully, they're over that hurdle of just life kicking them in the pants, and they're not living off Murphy's Law. Like, hopefully, things shake <laughs> in their favor for freaking once. I think Louisville being fourth is just wild to me because I'm like, what has Satterfield given you a vote of confidence for to make you say, yeah, this team? What does that defense give you? He was just being fired like five months ago. <laughs> And still, to me, his seat is a little lukewarm. I mean, you can have all the Maseratis in the world, but if you can't get the guys to do well on the on the field, what are we doing? You know? I don't yep. Know. Yep. Just my three cents there. But, you know, I think ultimately Syracuse, I hate to see Dino last. I hate to see Coach Elko last. Like, those are two coaches that I'm very much hoping, like, have a good year. And Duke is going to surprise people as much as people don't love me to say it. I'm trying to tell you, six games, it's not impossible. Yeah. Hey, and – I've I've hated on Dino, but there's a part of me in the back of my mind that just keeps saying, "Age doing a good job." Like he's done a good job of like. Has he done a good job with what he has? Right. Or has he made it any better? Like look at what he's been there. What was his What was his You know his philosophy five years ago. It was that crazy running up to the line of scrimmage and hiking the ball real fast, (laughs) and now he's like dragging the game out and getting Sean Tucker to to drag the game to like you know, a halt so that they can win a low scoring game. Yeah. All the credit to him. If that's how he can, he can coach that. That shows that Dino Babers knows what he's doing and he's not a one trick pony, a, a gimmick offense. Like, you know, he's, he's and I understand why they picked them last, but like, man, do that. Yeah. Change what they do and redefine the whole face of their offense in one year. He credited credit to Dino. 
Yeah, you get a thousand and three percent can make a case for every single team here on this list. And again, as we reiterate, that's why you play the game. I'm I think by having this list, it makes me more excited because there's somebody looking at this like, oh, bet like you put us fifth, like we're gonna end up first or second or yep. vice versa. And we all we all assumed that it was just gonna go so so well and it ends up falling flat. So I'm yep. very excited to see how it all the tables turn. And while we get to have all of these schools together, we're gonna enjoy this, right? We don't have to have realignment talk. We don't have to have things shift. I don't know if you caught wind of Kevin Warren and his conversation around potentially Florida State and Miami be <laughs> yep. in the contention to be a part of the Big Ten. I'm like, listen, no, thank Stop. you. <laughs> Slow no, down. thank you. Like, whoa, horsey. We don't need any more you know, realignment conversation until after the season is over. But here we are. But it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Can you please remind these folks where they can find you, follow your work? Yes, I am uh, the host of Locked On Boston College. If you want to learn more about the Eagles, check out my work on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube. I'm so close to 400 followers. Yes. Subscribers. If you, even if you don't want to watch it, just hit the subscribe button. It helps. So hit subscribe on Locked On Boston College. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle In- 247 Sports Network. Um, I have one of the best BC sites out there. I, I just inherited it as my new job. Um, I've got a lot of good stuff going on there. You're going to want to check that out at Eagle Insider. So check that out as well. No doubt, guys. Make sure you come back for the last week of only three episodes. Next week, we'll be back in full swing episode every single day. I know you're excited about it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Twitter, Locked on ACC. You can hit me up at Candace D. Cooper if you're not watching on YouTube. You can see my lovely face every day or you can listen to me from an audio space. Either way it goes, we're happy to have you for Candace Cooper and AJ Black. Until next time.